Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season, we're chatting with people from different walks of life to hear their story and how God has been faithful throughout. Grab a coffee, clean the house, do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with Scott Murray, a friend and pastor at Movement Church in Woodstock. Scott's story is a testament to God's faithfulness and goodness, even in painful and difficult circumstances. He's chosen to be open-handed with sharing about the tough things that he's gone through, which has given his family many opportunities to share about their life, including being featured on TSN. Honestly, today's conversation is an absolute gift, so enjoy. So this is your official welcome to the podcast, to the Work Friends podcast. Thank you for coming and sharing with us today. I'm stoked. I think this is actually so cool that you guys are doing this, so. Thanks. (laughs) It's funny, as people have, like, listened to the podcast, like, the other night we had a volunteer, um, Isaac, which, hi, Isaac, if you're driving to work and listening to this. (laughs) Happy Monday. (laughs) Happy Monday, yeah. Um, But it's just very humbling and encouraging to hear how, yeah, God's been using this. So to have you a part of this is really, really exciting. Um, I'm not the first guest uh you're the first guest that we're recording for the season all right all right yeah (laughs) did you get picked up for season two is that what it is yes (laughs) awesome (laughs) yeah so obviously Ainsley and I know you from the time um that you worked at Youth Unlimited which we really miss you um and we'd like any to know you there and you've had you've been such an encouragement to us over the years um we're really really thankful and for the gifts that you send us during staff meeting every once in a while um, but for people to understand you a bit better, tell us about yourself. What makes Scott Scott? Uh, I've been known as coach for a number of years and kind of just landed in that persona of um, helping people. I'm a football coach, so that's kind of where a lot of that comes from. But just the idea of coaching people to be better today than they were yesterday or be closer to God today than they were yesterday. Um, and so for me, I've kind of adopted faith, family, friends, and football. That's who I am. Um, and most times in that order. So um, sometimes not so much, depending on the, the season or my frame of mind. <laughs> sometimes uh-huh. football gets a little higher and family goes a little lower, but you know, you just kind of to roll with that. That's, that's kind of the way I, I look at my life now is it, it's really encompassed in those things, especially the faith, family, and friends. Um, with what we've walked through, I wouldn't be where I was today without those things as pillars of my life. Awesome. So we're going to take it back, back a few years ago, just a few years ago. Uh, what was growing up like for you? Uh, growing up was normal. Um, I was part of a family where there were six kids. And so there was always someone to annoy or hang out with or have fun with or blame things on. Uh, and so just a love, maybe that's why I love the chaos is because that's what I grew up in, right? You're looking back and it's like, oh, how did we actually do that in, in a house with like seven people in it and go, um, nobody died. So that's good, right? So um, it was just, it was normal. We, we started going to church when I was like five years old. So 
by the time I was seven or eight, I was baptized and just really immersed in the, the Christian culture and what that looked like. And, uh, and yeah, just started really figuring out what faith looked like when I was in high school, though, and, and just kind of going through the motions before that and then going, okay, this is actually something that's real. Um, Jesus is actually someone who I can have a relationship with and who's actually going to walk me through my high school years and not that I always listen to his advice. Um, but for the most part, I had a, a pretty good head on my shoulders and, and let him take the lead. Um, so that's, it's kind of like high school for me was a lot of sports, a lot of, like I was a gym rat. So I'd play football in the fall. I was in the gym all, all winter. And then I'd play rugby in the spring. Um, so like that was kind of how I defined my high school career. I was not the academic by any stretch. Um, I spent more time trying to figure out how little I would have to do on schoolwork in order to pass. Um, do not recommend that. I'm now dealing with a 15 year old son who's doing the exact same thing and it's driving me insane. So mm. you do, you do reap what you sow. Um, and so, you know, not the greatest idea, but made it through and, uh, really, nearing the end of high school is when my faith really became real. real. I was a, a leader in my youth group, um, got a call to go into ministry and going to Bible college and, and just started really going, okay, God, this is real. This is who you want me to be. This is what my direction of my life is going to be. So let's ride. When you were younger, what was the picture you had for what your life would look like now? Uh, I had a dream. I was ready to go. Like I knew I was going to play football. Um, I loved the idea of coaching and, and of being a mentor to, to students. One of my greatest mentors is my football coach from when I was in high school and just really instilled some great principles in my life um, in leadership and teamwork and those kind of things. So that was my dream. It was like, okay, we're going to get to the end of high school and we're going to go and play pro somewhere. Um, and then I'm going to retire and with my kinesiology degree, go back in and, and coach football as a phys ed coach. So there were some changes along the way. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about that change. When did that start to change? So uh, the end of high school, I went to a, a youth conference and was just kind of praying through direction and looked at a booth that had like it was a Bible college booth. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll check it that out and maybe sign up for some information because I was still unsure of where I was going to go. I had a lot of offers from universities and had been talking with coaches and they wanted me to come play for them. And uh, when I was going through school, you didn't have academic scholarships or sorry, you didn't have athletic scholarships. You only had academic ones, um, which as I mentioned, I did not qualify for. Um, and so without the athletic one, I wasn't going to be able to afford university, but I was keeping my options open. So I signed up for this information packet, not knowing that it was actually a draw for a scholarship. And so ended up with a thousand dollar scholarship, which wasn't huge, but it was like that turning point that like God saying, Hey, do I have your attention now? You know, when you're 18, a thousand bucks dropped on your lap is pretty awesome. And, and so I was like, okay, God, I'm, I'm kind of listening here. And then went and sat and talked with my coach and said, so not going to go and play university ball. I'm going to go be a pastor, apparently. And so that was a very interesting conversation. Um, and he reluctantly filled out the, uh, the application stuff and the, the reference forms. And then that's the, the direction that my life took. So a very different change um, from what I expected. Mm. 
I can relate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yep, nursing, get a degree, work here for a while, do overseas missions. And that did not happen at all. Um, And for me, that happened through a huge health journey. Um, For you, as you walked in your calling then to be a pastor and all those things, um, you have gotten married, um, started family. Tell us about some of the challenges that came with that season then as you walked through that. Yeah, so my my first position as a youth pastor, uh, I interviewed with the board literally the day my oldest son was born. So he was born at three in the morning and seven o'clock at night, I was driving to uh, to the town and accepted a, a job wow. offer. So, and my, my wife was very much get out of the hospital, go do your interview. Like we need a job. I'm like, okay, cool. So we did that. And so I've been in ministry for close to 20 years full time now. Um, but definitely some seasons where you took a really hard left turn that you didn't see coming. Um, and so the biggest one for, for me, and it's kind of like where our story just completely changed and shattered was about seven years ago. Um, my youngest son who was four at the time was diagnosed with leukemia. And a month after that, my wife passed away. And so everything that we had dreamed for the first 15 years of ministry and what we were looking forward to in our future for me at that moment was gone. And to understand in the middle of that, that God was still there was a really foreign concept to me. I really didn't like that. I knew it was truth, but I didn't like it. And, and knowing that God was there in the middle of it still wasn't as comforting as I hoped it would be. It was still true. And it's what got me through eventually. But in that impact moment, it just sucked. Mm-hmm. How did you get through that season? Uh, we were surrounded by incredible people. Um, a lot of a lot of my students, especially, came kind of came to me and said, "Like, Coach, you're you're the strongest guy we know. How are you getting through all this?" I'm like, um, "I'm actually embracing my weakness. And in order for me to get through what we walked through, I had to let other people carry me. I had to let God carry me when mm-hmm. I couldn't walk or get up, um, and let Him kind of really take the lead in my life in, in a way that." I had talked about in a way that I had glimpses of, but in a way that I had never actually just fully surrendered literally every breathing moment of my life because I couldn't do anything but give it to him and say, God, this is your mess. And if you still want me in it, I'm walking with you, but you got to give me a little bit more than you're okay. And so he, he was faithful to that and brought some people around us that helped us really shoulder the load of Joey's treatment, the grief journey that we were all walking through. And so really, uh, and that gets back to the, those three things, our faith, our family, and our friends, right? Without those, um, we don't have anything. Um, if you don't have a strong foundational faith in Jesus, you aren't going to get through those kind of things. Um, and so for the, the 15 years prior to that, I had preached, God will get you through anything. And then he stepped up and proved it in the midst of what we walked through. And though it wasn't easy, though it's not something I would have ever wanted to do and never saw coming, he was still faithful in the middle of it. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, you know, losing a spouse or having a child diagnosed leukemia, like either of those things in themselves is a difficult journey on its own. But to have it all happen at one time is just you know, wild. And 
yeah, like even just trying to figure out how to grieve when you're still in the midst of a crisis, you know, the crisis didn't stop there. Uh, And yeah, you, I mean, I echo what your students have said of just you being strong, because I think most people look at that and think, wow, I thought that only happened in movies. Uh, But you remained faithful through that. So tell us a little bit about what healing looked like for you. Uh, Healing looked really messy. Um, it was, uh, intentional times of just completely falling apart. It was a lot of, uh, falling apart and being rebuilt and falling apart and being rebuilt and, uh, days where you just didn't want to get out of bed and other days where you kind of felt things were okay. Um, and as that, that journey kind of went through, so I I had to compartmentalize really well. Uh, because I still had the three boys, right? They were 11, seven, and four at the time. Joey's still walking through leukemia treatments. Uh, literally within a week of the celebration service, we were back in treatment. And so that kind of kept me grounded where I couldn't just check out. So healing had to be intentional because I had so many other responsibilities around me, right? I had to make sure that we continued Joey's care. I had to make sure that the boys were okay and walking through. And now all of a sudden, boom, you're a single dad. And you've got to care for these three kids. I couldn't check out. I couldn't just disappear. Um, So healing was messy, but healing was intentional. Um, Talked to a counselor for probably a year and a half and just kind of walked through what I was feeling because I knew how to lead a counseling meeting or a support meeting. I knew how to sit in support of one of those meetings. I, I had never had to be in the client chair before. And so it was really discovering what that side of the journey looked like because I had never had to do it. It was completely foreign to me. And so I didn't know how to heal. I didn't know how to grieve. I didn't know how to walk through any of those deep waters, although I had walked people through them. It's totally different when you're the one sitting there going, I don't know. Uh, And nothing that you're saying is helping. Nothing that you're saying means anything to me in this moment. I just don't know. And I feel stuck. And so it was a very long journey and a process where, like I said, it had to be intentional and I had to really be aware that I had to heal and, and actually take the time to get healthy again, to actually walk through that entire process of grief, to walk through the process of, of Joey's treatment. Cause it was three and a half years. And so, you know, we're now, we're as far away from the end of his treatment as his entire treatment journey. So it's things are things are a lot better now because we were intentional and really hit things head on Mm. you guys have had a lot of cool opportunities to share your story um i know you guys were on um 100 huntley street you guys were able to share your story on tsn um and as we were you, you know like ainsley and i were planning this season and who we wanted to have um you were one of the first people that we thought of and so as we were doing our research or whatever it is um well i did anyways i don't know about ainsley i went back and watched some of the things that you guys have done and i just every single time i specifically the tsn one because you guys were able to do some really exciting things which you can share um but just get so emotional because like that is our god i i mean like you said it you would not wish this upon anyone and i can't imagine what it would be like to be hit those things so many times um they're just really really difficult in your life is life look like for you guys now um now that you are a few years out from joey's treatment and and this season in your life 
by comparison, it's kind of boring. <laughs> so, which, which I like, right. And so uh, from midway through 2018, uh, through really till the end of 2019 and even into 2020, um, things were an absolute blur. We had just the most amazing, ridiculous opportunities. Uh, Joey's make a wish was to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. And so we flew down to Pittsburgh and he got to meet with the team and he was playing catch with Ben Roethlisberger and side of the, the practice field. And then we were able to go to a game as, as VIPs. Um, and so in the middle of all of this planning, I get a phone call from from one of our reps saying, hey, uh, TSN wants to know if uh, if they can follow you along on this journey. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so they were trying to mirror some of the things that ESPN does in the States with Make-A-Wish. And so they were looking for a kid with a story that had a sports wish. And I was like, okay, cool, I'm in. But I was very intentional. Um, and I said, look, if you mute my faith, I don't want this. Like, if you want my story, that's great. I will let you share our story. But this is not a story of tragedy. This is a story of hope in the midst of tragedy. And if we miss that piece and we miss the faith side of it, I'm out. And I don't care what it costs me, I'm out. Um, and so they were saying, like, whatever it takes, we want the story. We want this kid to be kind of our first one. And at the same time, we were walking through a partnership with the Children's Health Foundation in London, which is the, the foundation arm of our children's hospital. They wanted Joey to be their champion for 2019. And same thing, same conversation said, yeah, you can have his story. We can tell everything that we want to tell about what he walked through and the incredible care that we got here. But if we mute the faith, I'm out. Um, if, if we have to be censored in order to do this, it's not worth it to me. I'm not going to parade my kid around just because he has a crazy story. I'm going to walk through these journeys together and say, okay, God, you gave me this story and I have to be able to honor the story that he gave me um, and not take that side of it out. And so they were both TSN and the foundation were incredibly gracious. And they said, yep, whatever you want, we want Joey's story. And so literally that entire year we were visiting Walmarts and uh, doing all of the different like sports things in London. So we work with the London lightning basketball team. So Joey was already doing some of those things, but he did a puck drop with the Knights. He did the first pitch with the, the majors and he did a ceremony ceremonial kickoff with the Mustang uh, University football team. And so he was like the first person to ever do the, the, the quad of, of special events. Um, and so just being able to look back and see, wow, there's some really cool moments that came out of it. And obviously I would trade them all in a heartbeat to have life back a little bit more like I had it before. Um, and so it, it was bittersweet to walk through that. And, and even now it's bittersweet looking back going, wow, those are really cool moments but it sucks that Doretta was missing in those moments. And, and so it was cool that God brought us through and he's brought us through to a point of healing. And I, I can talk about these things without the emotional side of it. And I forget now how emotional it is for other people to hear it for the first time. Right. And so it's like, Oh, right. I have to actually be conscious that this story is crazy, but I look at it and I go, it's only crazy because we live in North America. Right. If we were in a third world country or in so many other war torn places in the world, this would just be an average run of the mill story. Right. Mm -hmm. It's only deeply impacting because we live in a place where we are so blessed and we are so protected and we are so um, safe that this stuff becomes foreign. 
right? And so when you take a step back and you look at your life as part of something way bigger, you go, yeah, it sucked, but there's people that have it way worse than I do, right? And a lot of people look at me and go, wow, as long as I don't have to deal with what he walked through, then my life will be okay. I'm like, yep, I can see that. Um, but I have to look at it differently. I, I can't be a victim in this. I can't be, oh, woe is me. It's, okay, how are we as a family going to continue to live this story to honor God and, and to show people that, yes, stuff happens, and yet God is still faithful in the middle of it? That, that is incredible and a great perspective shift because I know for me going through tough seasons and I'll always have that great of an attitude, uh, more of a annoyance sometimes of like, okay, I can take this much, but not this much and yeah. kind of bartering that with God a little bit. <laughs> um, and I mean, you've kind of talked about this a little bit, but uh, maybe just talk a bit more about that. Like how have your experiences changed the way that you view suffering? Because we live in, like you said, a world our world, our part of the world that hate suffering. Yeah, it's suffering was kind of that thing that happened to somebody else. And, and when it hit close to home, it changed my perspective on how to minister to people that were suffering. Um, it gave me a more in-depth authority to actually speak about suffering because of what I've walked through. And so that's one of the biggest changes was that I went from being sympathetic to, oh, that really sucks that you walked through X, Y, Z, to being like empathetic. Like, I actually get it. Like, I understand how bad stuff like that hurts. And I understand that, um, you know, there's, there's a depth to grief. There's a depth to pain that I never thought was possible um, to actually experience yourself. And so that changes your perspective on everything. And it gives people like I, I've had so many opportunities to speak into people's lives um, that are going through whatever suffering, right? Whether it's a, a death in the family, whether it's a, uh, a medical diagnosis, whether it's a, a relationship breakdown, like all of these different things that I was empathetic to, or I'm now empathetic to that I was just sympathetic to before. Um, and so it really has changed the depth of my ability to minister effectively. And it gives me the authority to say, yeah, I, here's what I walked through. And God was faithful. So when I say God is faithful and he will get you through anything, I've got a little bit of cred behind me that says, yeah, he actually had to walk that. I feel like I was just transported back in time as you were talking. I was remembering being at a conference a few years ago and the it was a YFC conference. We were all there. And the theme was joy. And when I showed up to this conference, I was experiencing not a lot of feelings, not many of them joy. And I remember actually sitting and they were like, they they had told us to get into these groups around each other and talk about, you know, I don't know what, something about how how is joy going for you or what's robbing you of joy right now? And I was not in a great place at this time. and. Scott may remember this, but we're in this big room full of people and I'm with Scott and a couple other people and they like asked me and I just like burst into tears and I couldn't even talk about what was going on because I just, I wasn't at that place yet. And I remember just like, I mean, A, being a little bit of a hot mess, like sobbing in the middle of a room full of people. But you know, what you're saying about that authority that you had to know that you could actually empathize and understand. Like I felt that and experienced that in that moment. Like 
I remember even though I couldn't talk about everything that was going on and even though it was really hard to even just share how I felt, like, you know, when you prayed for me and you supported me through those things and you said, uh, you know, like God is there for you in those things, it wasn't an empty promise. It was a promise that you knew because you had tested it already. You had already put that that joy and that healing and that faithfulness and that strength to the test and the things that you went through. And so uh, I can say that I can totally affirm what you're saying because I experienced that too. So, I mean, thank you for the way that you help people in that way and, you know, even how you supported me personally. But I know for so many people to hear the message of life is hard, but God is good because we like to hear, we don't like to hear about how life is hard. And instead of saying, you know, things will be great, but just to say like, yeah, yeah, it's hard sometimes is, is a great message and counter to what we hear a lot of the time, even within churches, uh, actually talking about the hard stuff. So thank you for that. Wow. That's cool. Thank you. (laughs) What, as you reflect on all of this, what do you now know about God that you didn't before walking through this season? Uh, I think it was a lot of head knowledge. Like I knew and understood, like I I had a good relationship with God, but understanding that there's a depth of, of who he is, um, that I think is only really experienced in the middle of trials and sorrow and, and frustration and, um, knowing firsthand that he is big enough for all of my anger, all of my frustration, all of the times where I yelled at him and said, how dare you? And, and had those moments where, like, God, you owe me. Like, I served you so well. I've been in ministry for so long. I gave up my dreams in order to follow what you asked me to do. And this is how you repay me? And settled on that for a little while and kind of had my own little pity party. And then kind of got my butt kicked out of it and understood that God has already given us everything. When we really take a look at what Jesus did on the cross, Um, absolutely everything that we will ever face has already been taken care of. Every, every time that we mess up was already paid for. And so to have the, (laughs) the audacity to say, God owes me anything, regardless of how I've lived my life was really stupid. Um, came from a, a place where I like, I actually meant it. I'm like, how dare you? But kind of had those Job moments where I finally kind of came out of it and went, okay, you have given me a a calling and it has included this story. And so I'll have to be faithful to this story. Um, And knowing that he's there, even in the midst of it, and that he has a plan and a purpose for it. And he can actually like really take anything and find good in it. Um, And so like, we wouldn't be sharing our story even now. Like I get a phone call literally this week. Uh, Joey is going to be the, the national rep for the campaign of uh, Children's Hospital for Costco this year, right? Wow. So it's, it's completely virtual, but he, his face is going to be plastered across Canada for the entire month of May all over again. Um, they wanted his story again. And I'm like, um, sure. Like, are we going to go and visit all the Costcos? And they're like, no, not this time. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, if you want to send me to BC, let me know. I'm in, right? But <laughs> mm. it's it's all these moments where, because I was intentional, because I, I stood firm and went, look, you're not going to have Joey if you don't have the faith side of it. Um, God has just opened up ridiculous opportunities. And so 
it's actually given us the opportunity to take the hope that is in Jesus uh, that we really clung to in the midst of the darkest days we've ever lived and spread it across Canada with TSN and now again with Costco across our region with the, the hospital foundation and literally internationally because we were down in Florida doing stuff with the, the children's hospital foundations um, of all of North America. Um, and none of that happens if I believe none of that happens if I'm not actually uh, able to say, God, you're the, you're the reason that this is going to be okay. And you're the hope of this. And so I will proclaim that you are good in the midst of everything that was bad. You are still good. He is an unchanging God. And I like how you mentioned this before. A lot of people are going through a difficult season right now, and everybody really is is somewhat going through a difficult season. But how would you encourage people who are really feeling it right now in the midst of maybe it's COVID, maybe it's other things, but in in right in the midst of the mud of a difficult situation, how would you encourage them? Yeah, and, and especially in this season, like you're right, absolutely everyone is facing some kind of uh shift to their system right they they've had some aspect of their life completely changed from what they expected um and so i would say embrace it embrace the suck of the of the season um and walk through it so don't ignore it don't like sweep it under a rug acknowledge that this is tough this is hard and so talk to somebody um find someone that you trust and someone that actually can speak life into you and then, and, and trust that God is actually able to pull you out of whatever it is that you're walking through, whether it's a health journey or a, a grief journey, or just the frustration of all of the, the COVID stuff that's going on. Um, whatever it is, take a step, right? And even if it's three steps forward and two steps back, that's still one step forward. And so understand that it's not always going to be a journey forward. There are going to be setbacks and be okay with that. Don't don't discount your your journey or your healing because there's been a setback. Um, so when you're in the middle of a, dis, a difficult season, talk to people, right? Test test your friendships and and really trust people and trust God and, and surround yourself with people that are life giving in uh, in your circles. Mic drop again. <laughs> um. The question that we're asking everyone this season is this, and and it's based on like reflection and story and legacy and God's faithfulness throughout. Um, What story are you hoping to write that will be told about you years down the road? I I love this question. Um, I love the, the idea and the truth behind it that everyone has a story. And especially in this season, I've been so keenly aware of the power of story. Um, and the idea that we all have a story, right? We have all been given, like God has actually given us a story. He's entrusted us. That's the, the phrase I use. God's entrusted you with your story, right? So whatever you walk through, God actually has entrusted you with it. And so for me, I just want to be faithful to that story. And so whatever, whatever God wants to write out of that, whatever um, hope and joy and love and peace and comfort comes out of the pain that we walk through, um, I want that to resonate with people that are going through similar or difficult times where they recognize that even in the midst of it, God is still there. And, and if my life is, is counts for nothing else but that, 
then I'm going to be okay with that. If, if my life points other people to, to the opportunity to know God better today than they did yesterday, then I think that's a win. And I think that's what we are all as Christians kind of geared towards, right? We all have one single mission is to go and tell what God has done for us. How we do that is completely different for each and every one of us. But the main focus of it is to make Jesus known. I have goosebumps. I'm like, oh, this is so good. The wisdom, just the joy of talking to you again. It's just, it's all, it's all coming up. Just got all my feels right here. A sentimental uh, moment. <laughs> yes, I'm having a sentimental moment. Ooh. Jen is rubbing off on me. So, <laughs> this is one of my favorite questions to ask people, uh, and we've been asking it every single person who's been on the podcast to end off, and that's, what's the best piece of advice you've been given? Uh, I've had to think about this one and probably rewrote it three or four different times already, um, but be excellent in the little things uh, because the little things are the big things, right? Even even the story that you, you talked about, like where I, I prayed for you and we had the, that moment, that's not a moment that's at the forefront of my mind, but it is yours. And so for me, that was just being faithful to a little prompting and, and God completely changed an aspect of your life because of it. And so understanding that in everything that we do, our life is just made of all of the little things, right? the, the mundane things. Um, and if we're excellent in those and we're faithful to those, like we love to be faithful to the big moments and, like we put on events and we put on our programs and we, we really want to shine in those moments, but those moments pass, right? It's, it's the day to day relationships. It's the ins and outs of every little thing that we say and do every conversation that we have has the potential to change someone's life. And when we really grab onto that and really live our lives that way, it changes the way you walk through a grocery store, right? It, it changes the way you view uh, people around you right? People on the street or, you know, it, it sometimes curbs your road rage because you don't know what someone else is going through, right? And so understanding that um, we have to be excellent in the little things because we don't know anybody's story. That's, that's some of the best advice that I've walked through and been given and, and gleaned into, so. The final mic drop, folks. I'm sitting here like, <laughs> let's go! <laughs> Scott. I feel like I could just tweet so many things from this right now. Like there are just so many, <laughs> oh, so many notable so quotables. <laughs> yes, Scott, thank you so much for coming um, and being on the podcast today. You are such a gift to us, um, and I've been a huge cheerleader and encouragement in both of our lives. Um, so, thank you. We love you. Um, thank you for being obedient to following Jesus and loving and caring for people well. It's been an absolute pleasure to, to catch up with you guys and to be able to do this. And, and hopefully this is just another way that our story gets out there and, and impacts somebody else's life. Thank you so much for listening. I know that you must have enjoyed that as much as we did. We have more amazing conversations like this coming up that you do not want to miss. So make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast platform you're using. And you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Just Work Friend. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to give it a review so we can see what you guys enjoy about every episode. Toodles! every time <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i, I don't know, know how, how to say goodbye so bye goodbye
Goodbye. <laughs> Good, like the sound of music. <laughs>